Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And the Beatles in Rock 102. It's going to be a mix of sun and clouds today with a high of 42. Tonight, cloudy with periods of freezing rain past midnight with a low of 27 for tomorrow. Uh, rain and freezing rain in the morning, but then becoming sunny later in the day in a high of 41. It's 24 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Dr. Mark Kenton from Mercy Medical Center is going to be joining us today. We're going to talk about what's going on with COVID. Things are not looking too, too terrific right now. So we'll be talking to uh, Dr. Kenton later on this morning to get the to get all the, the skinny on that. And there's a bunch of other stuff coming up this morning, too. It's 535 on Rock 102. Bourbon, barbecue, and blue. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 549 in Toto on Rock 102. It is going to be, uh, well, this and that. Uh, if my f- screen hadn't frozen, I'd be able to give you a forecast. How about you, that kind of... You want me to do it for you, Steve? Actually, I got it now. Uh, sunny with a high of 42. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 42. Gee, I waited for that. <laughs> it's 26 in downtown Springfield. Could you, could you have waited around for something yeah. like, like sunny and 75 or something? Could have been better than that. Uh, Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump. Do it once, do it right. Aqua Pump. How about some Hollywood Trash with Steve Nagel? The Rock 102. I'm uh, I'm really happy that uh, these uh, this Kim Kardashian and the Pete Davidson are getting together. You know, uh, does it give you something to talk about? Well, yeah, they uh, they rented out a theater together. Well, she must have had something to say. No, actually, she didn't. Uh, she didn't say anything about it. They rented out an entire movie theater just for the two of them. Yeah, they they must have watched the Spider Man movie. And, uh, Caitlin? Uh, well, I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris, Tim, but, uh, I once had a whip full of goo all over your mom. <laughs> you talking about yeah. yeah, right. Uh, yeah, they rented out an entire movie theater just for the two of them. What the hell are they going to do in a movie theater by the two, by themselves? I have no idea. Unless well, they're going to be making out, say, like, during a Schindler's List, a more no. disgusting display I have never seen. No, you know what I think it is? I think that, that they're just, uh, they don't want to be paparazzi if you will you're so, still walking into a movie theater there's still people going to other films there's still people hanging out by the concession stand buying their overpriced popcorn you see pete davidson and kim kardashian you're pulling out your phone you're taking pictures yeah and uh you're interrupting the movie for the rest of uh, everyone else that's there this is yes. why they rented out the theater to themselves they don't want any busybodies like you taking out your phone and taking pictures. You see, but I, I know me. I'd pull out my phone, try to be, fi- and I'd be fumbling with it. And by the time they're gone, then I'd have the the, the camera. But I'd miss my opportunity. Yeah, I guess you're right because you're, you're too busy fumbling with the damn thing. Well, plus you got butter on your fingers from all that popcorn. Right, it keeps yeah, slipping yeah, out of my hands. Right and, uh, it's not a good scene. Uh, the fallout continues for Chris Noth after a pair of bombshell accusations of sexual assault. The actor has been fired from the CBS series The Equalizer. In a joint statement, CBS and Universal Television say Noth will no longer be part of filming, a, de- a decision they say is effective immediately. The statement says he will appear in at least one last upcoming episode. Noth plays the next CIA director on The Equalizer, which stars Queen Latifah. His reps have no immediate comment on the decision to bounce him from the show. You know what we haven't talked about what? Uh, this week? The uh, the firing of uh, Jeff Garland from the Goldbergs, which uh, I didn't even realize was still a TV show. Yeah, you know what? I did read that yesterday, and I forgot to put it into the uh, the Hollywood Report. Do you have an article in front of you? 
No, I actually don't. Uh, but uh, apparently he has uh, a history of, uh, of uh, very bad behavior on the set and has been asked to leave. Yeah, but it sounds like he, it sounds like they tolerated his bad behavior on the set for years. Sure. Before then not inviting him back or did he leave on his own? Well, maybe there hadn't been like an official complaint against him. Like there was like a lot of just acceptance that he's, you know, a filthy dirtbag, but then, right. you know, once someone files a formal complaint with HR, then the wheels start to start to turn. I don't know, I like Jeff Garland. I like him in Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've never yeah. seen a lick of uh, the Goldbergs. Well, uh, I've never seen a lick of the Goldbergs either, but I just like uh, I just like him in general. He's yeah, gonna, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't get too chummy with a guy. He was in Daddy Daycare with Eddie Murphy. How could uh, How could you not like him? Still, that was the that was the greatest film of our time. If he's still sexually appropriate with you and other people around you, then that you might not have the same point of view. Three of the uh, stars of Sex in the City have issued a statement on the on Chris Noth, who played Mr. Big, uh, and just like all these things, all these sequels. Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis says they're saddened by the sexual assault allegations against Noth. Sarah Jessica Parker issued a statement going, <laughs> <laughs> then she went back to eating her oats. Right. Uh, one of the accusers says it was her hearing that Noth had returned to his role in the new Sex in the City spinoff that triggered her and prompted him to go public with her sexual assault allegation against the actor. Spider-Man No Way Home uh, had already posted great numbers over the weekend, putting itself in third place for the best debut weekend ever. Now numbers are even greater. Sony reports the new Spider-Man did well enough to become the second biggest opening weekend ever Behind only Avengers Endgame, made $351 million when it debuted in April of 19, 2019. Had a good so, weekend. So I had a great weekend yesterday with all, it was like up to like $200 million. Now it's up to $351 million in just a day. So what's so different between this and every other Spider-Man film there's been? Uh, I don't know. I think, again, you know, we talk about the theaters. I think people want to get out and they want to see this thing and they want to... It's the only reason people are going to shopping malls. You know, I watched the other Spider-Man, the one, um, uh, the one that is the, the pre, whatever, the first before this one in the franchise. You okay, know what I'm saying? sure. Do you do you understand? The, the one with uh, what's so, his face? So like this one's the sequel that's out now, but I watched the one that was original, the, the yeah. Tobey Maguire one. No, 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 no. Not the, the Tobey Maguire one. This kid, whoever this kid is in the Spider-Man movie. Gotcha. So it was the first one. It was on FX the other night. Right. And uh, it was awful. And I'm like, why would anybody want a second one of these? <laughs> I don't understand. Because people like Spider-Man. Yeah, but, but I, they But they want it done right. Yeah, but that one wasn't done right. I thought the Tobey Maguire ones were the best ones. Mostly because <laughs> I have a thing for Kirsten Dunst. You do? Oh, yeah. Really? I have always had a thing for Kirsten Dunst. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I used to have a dream that she would uh, make love to me and then kill herself. Shortly really? afterwards, yeah. What a strange dream that is. A weird just psychology thing. I mean, probably should go see somebody about this. Yeah, I would say yeah. maybe a few uh, months in therapy, uh, maybe like an overnight stay would be good for you. A major failure of operations. That's how a special prosecutor describes the handling of the initial case against former Empire actor Jesse or Jesse Smollett. 
The finding is a report prepared by Special Prosecutor Dan Webb and made public yesterday. It blasts state's attorney uh, Kim Fox and others uh, in her office for making misleading public statements about the Smollett case. Fox's office first charged Smollett for filing a false police report proclaiming he was the victim of a racist and anti-gay attack. Prosecutors later dropped the charges, claiming the case wasn't strong enough to win a conviction. But Special Prosecutor Webb uh, picked up the case, reinstated the charges, and here we go. He won. How about that? How about that? Makes you think. Makes you think uh, maybe you shouldn't be filing false police reports. Maybe. Maybe you should uh, not be making up stories. Well, some people just aren't smart enough to follow that advice. No, I'm, I'm talking about you making up stories. Oh, yeah, I make up stories all the time. Bax beats me. See, that's made yeah. up. I've never touched you. And never that, laid a hands on him. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. I am. When Gary calls. By Rocky's Ace Hardware. Pet food roundup underway. Donate to local animal shelters. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Listen, far be it from me to create some sort of unsubstantiated rumor or to be the primary source of some whack job conspiracy theory. However, I think there's a possibility that Bill Belichick has been replaced with an exact replica of himself through either human cloning or he's been replaced by a curiously well-crafted stand-in, much like the Beatles did when Paul McCartney was killed in a car crash 55 years ago. Because the Bill Belichick that showed up to yesterday's press conference was clearly not the Bill Belichick that's been coaching the New England Patriots for the last 21 seasons. Get a big fat load of this. Yesterday during the press conference, in which typically Bill Belichick offers no real insight, information, or even a pulse, the man claiming to be William Stephen Belichick started the proceedings off with a public apology to, of all people, the media claiming, and I quote, Look, fellas, I apologize if I seemed a little short with you after the game. He then went on to explain his frustrations over the Patriots' loss to the Colts, but in his entire career, the real Bill Belichick has never apologized for being short with the media. He's always been short with the media. His press conferences have always been peppered with grunts and one-word answers. A Bill Belichick press conference is designed to be dismissive and unsatisfying. It's not supposed to show a level of remorse towards the media. He can occasionally show remorse for a badly played game against a conference rival, but to target the Boston sports media and offer an apology suggests he bears some slight strand of humanity within that hooded sweatshirt. It suggests that he has emotions. It suggests that he cares about hurting people's feelings. It suggests that somebody has replaced Bill Belichick with a duplicate copy, because this is clearly not the Bill Belichick that we've come to know. And I would like to know what they did with the original guy. Call me crazy, but I think we deserve answers. But hey, an MMI yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, in 1926, a guy from Northampton was in the White House as the president. And a guy in Springfield opened up a hardware store. Rocky's, 95 years ago. Now they got 38 stores. Good people, rock solid service. We are neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. It's Classic Rock at 610 in Queen at Rock 102. Going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 42. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 42. It's 26 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Got uh, Dr. Mark Kenton, uh, emergency room specialist from Mercy, coming up uh, later on this morning. We're going to talk about what's going on with that COVID thing. And it ain't good. No. It ain't good. In fact, uh, I don't know if you heard the story. Uh, they, uh, they have shut down hockey until after Christmas. 
No hockey. No hockey at all. The Actually, NHL. I don't. I mean, I don't know what the the, well, the Thunderbirds are doing, but as far as uh, a- NHL, yeah. no hockey until after Christmas. Yeah, Springfield uh, Public Schools uh, suspended school sports now. Yes, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up in the news. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday, uh, I leave here a little early to go get my. Uh, I I had made an appointment for the the truck to be repaired. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, I brought it in for like uh, in a, an oil change, and you know filters and mm-hmm. things like that and then uh, they're like well hey you're due for your hundred thousand mile service and i'm like i all i hear is ching 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 <laughs> right so they're like you want to make this voice so i made it for yesterday right sure well, i didn't realize this thing takes six hours to do six hours yeah it's, it's like a it's like a tune-up it's like a transmission flush and then uh there's some kind of uh uh Coolant flush, mm-hmm. like uh, that kind of system flush thing. They check the wiper fluid? The wiper fluid is fine. The wiper fluid is not fine. You don't even know this car. You don't even write down the right <laughs> mileage on the paper when you came in here. Um, so uh, I'm at 116,000 miles now on that thing. All right. And I got it in 2017. So that's a lot of miles every year uh, that I put on that. Well, Steve, you live uh, you know half of a world away, for crying out loud. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, this, uh, this little whippersnapper uh, service manager yesterday go walks me through all the things. You know, we're looking at about uh, maybe a thousand bucks yesterday, just for just for this stuff. And and there's an oil leak, which they have to find out where that's coming from. They should uh, follow where the oil's dripping out of. Well, it's not as easy as that. They put in a high-tech dye, and then they put a UV light to see where the oil's leaking out of. That's how they do it. Yeah, that's how they do it, right? So uh, uh, wouldn't just like a bunch of paper towels do it? Yeah, no, I don't think it. You follow the spot really. where there's the most oil. Yeah, you think that that would be the easiest way to do it, but apparently it's not. But either way, a couple sheets of brawny could save you a lot of money. I agree. I don't know why they don't use the brawny t- paper towel guy to t- check for oil leaks <laughs> in the shop. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they do all that stuff, and then, uh, and then, then yeah, they always you always have that. And then oh, there's yeah. more, right. right? So then the guy c- comes up to me. He's like, uh, I just want to. And he does it in that, like, somber voice, like, of all the horrible things that I'm going to have to face right now. Right. With what he's, you know, it's almost like he's telling you a family member of yours just passed away. <laughs> you know? Steve, I want you to sit down. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's, right. it's like, uh, and, and they give you that look. And he's like, um, you have an oil leak on your pan. And you have an oil leak on your cover, and then there was something else that he said. Uh, all in all, you're looking at about thirty-two hundred dollars, right? And I'm like, oh, really? But what it, about? But what it what? Right? I was gonna say, thirty-two hundred hours. Is that including everything they've done, or just this no, one problem? No, no, this this next problem. Ah, the gotcha. next problem is thirty-one hundred dollars. I understand. And then I said to the guy, I said, okay, well, what is my premium care warranty cover and he goes oh i didn't realize you had premium care warranty how convenient and then they go in the computer and he goes why you do have a premium care warranty and i'm like you know what i'm so glad i bought this thing now because i knew crap like this was gonna happen my total cost one hundred dollars. How about that? Wow. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, they tell you 
Let me tell you all the time. Don't ever bother with the extended warranties. You, you know what, though? It, in my case, I did bother with the extended warranty. If I didn't drive as much as I, di- if I do, right, and if I lived, you know, closer, you know, I probably, and, and I would probably be getting vehicles like every few years or so, you know right. what I mean? Because you can, you can stay below the mileage, if you, but I go over the mileage all the time. Like, you know, most people, you know, the average is, what, 10,000 miles a year? I'm at least 15, depending on, you know. Oh, what easily. I'm, easily 15. You know, it's 64 miles round trip every day that I take. Jesus. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. I can't, I can't uh, really imagine that. But, but uh, yeah. yeah, so you, so like like I said, you most people, when they are offered the extended yeah. warranty, they yeah. tell the dealer to go wipe, their, wipe themselves with it because there's no way you're going to put well, my name on that extended warranty. Listen, this was probably the most expensive vehicle I've ever purchased in my entire life. Sure. You know, and I said, uh, this thing... You know, because of the price tag on this thing, it's going to last me longer than any other car that I've had. Or I want it to last me as long as longer than any other car I've had. So I'm going to make sure that everything is done to it that right. needs to be done. So I've been, like, you know, pretty uh, on top of, you know, all the basic maintenance and all the stuff that you need to, to keep it upkeep. And I figured, you know, it, it, it wound up, the bill yesterday wound up coming to about 700 bucks. <laughs> Which is pretty good. You say hallelujah. That's a you know. I think I don't know if you meant to push that or not. Well, I mean, compared yeah. to thirty three hundred hours, <laughs> right. yeah, that's a big deal. Well, seven hundred bucks for any mechanical repair sucks, but it compared does, to thousands of dollars, I'd take the seven hundred dollars any day. It does, and I'm looking at the long term, uh, you know, of this whole thing. If I put seven hundred bucks in it now, you get a tune up, you get the you know transmission stuff changed and all that stuff. You're probably going to get another hundred thousand miles out of this thing. At least, sure, you know. So you got to think about the long term investment. But uh, the idea, like if they if they told me that it was going to be thirty one hundred bucks and there was no other means of me doing that, that's when I would talk about maybe getting a new vehicle. Yeah, because you know, I mean, honestly, how much? Like, if you were going to go buy a new vehicle between the trade and what you would pay out of pocket, yeah. I mean, would you would you pay more than thirty three hundred hours out of your pocket for a car, and then just finance the rest? Yeah, I would do that. All right. Yeah. Well, then, you know, then it, it might have been worth it for you. Right. But you love this truck. Yeah, and I and I did I did that years ago with uh the plate that's closed now. This Trasco's garage in Westfield. These guys were great, you know, with the mechanic stuff. Right. And the guy was like really honest with me and he's like, you know, I had this Murano and the guy goes like, "Uh, listen, you got some kind of like uh power steering issue here, but the problem is in order to replace that power steering it's like a nine-hour job because you have to take apart, like, the whole front end in order to get to this one part where it's not like that on every other vehicle. It just happened to be like this on this vehicle. And he goes, honestly, you're going to need new tires. Nine-hour job, probably yeah. costing you 2500 bucks at least, and then new tires and all this other stuff. He's like, you're better off just going to get a new car. The problem, with right. the, the problem with the Murano is the first five letters are moron. So think about that. Actually, no. It's M U R, A N O. All the more reason. Nah, not moron. Yeah, right. Whatever. Uh, but yeah. a moron would spell it incorrectly. Like you were ever a pilot. I was uh, yeah. a pilot of my pilot, but I don't have a pilot now. You were a sky pilot. Ooh, that's one of the. That's yeah. one I. That's a classic. No, now it's a Highlander, because I, I, I don't even live in the Highlands anymore. 
You don't even uh, you don't even uh, do uh, martial arts. Right now, I can't do anything. So, yeah, uh, yeah no martial arts. You're, you're lowlander is what you are. <laughs> right now, I am. But I was uh, I was pretty happy with the fact that I only have to pay a hundred bucks for all these yeah. repairs. And then I'm thinking, what else is wrong with this thing that we can get covered under the warranty before now, uh, it expires? Riddle me this: yeah. How much did it cost you to buy the extended warranty? Well, you know, I was thinking about that too, but it, it was—I think it was about four thousand dollars. But I've already done other repairs to this thing that have been covered under that uh, that warranty okay. that have well exceeded four thousand dollars. The regular, the regular warranty or the extended warranty? The extended warranty because okay. at about thirty six, thirty eight thousand miles, that's when the back window blew out on me, and that All was right. an electrical malfunction, which yes. was covered under warranty. So that was that was that was like fifteen hundred bucks right there. Okay, and then uh, there was something else on there that was uh, that I had redone that, that I had done that was it was part of the front end that was done. Uh, out of warranty, okay, uh, kind of thing. So yeah, because I because see that's the thing. It's like you you by the time you if you buy the extended warranty, by the time you actually have to use it, yeah, yeah. You know, how often do you remember how much you spent to get it? Well, I mean, how many times we talked to Mike Quincy? You know, the average you know usage of a car is about four years, and then people usually trade them in, right? But I bought the warranty knowing that I wasn't going to get rid of this thing anytime soon because they're so expensive and. Uh, you know, it's it's like I can't I can't foresee myself spending all this money again to get another one. See, with, with my car, it's uh, it's bought and paid for, mm -hmm. and uh, and and while you know in the back of my mind there's something saying, "Hey, wouldn't a nice new car be awesome right now?" And then I start yeah. thinking about the idea of no payments, and I like that even yeah. better. Well, that I don't have any payments on this. Yeah. Thing so, now, so, so the less I can spend on this vehicle, yeah, and the longer I can keep it on the road. The happy I, the happier I am. And once that, once I start, typically what happens is I'll drive a car into the ground until it starts to cost me money. The moment it costs me money, it's like, all right, that's it, we're done here. We need to get a new one. Yeah, and this and this uh, this particular uh, dealership, uh, they were saying like, you know, there's no car, there's no cars anywhere on the lot. <laughs> They're all gone. And you know, you go out there, and I saw like maybe four pickup trucks and like a couple of cars like sitting there, but the the rest of the cars is it, the rest of the lot is empty. Because of the lack of inventory, they, there's there's no inventory, and people have pretty much bought up whatever they had there on the lot, and uh, and now uh, service is the biggest thing going for a lot of these places now. Yeah, because most people are hanging onto their cars because there's not new cars available. It's crazy the supply I, chain shortage thing. I've uh, I've I was telling uh, who was I telling the other day? I was I think I was telling uh, uh, another car dealer. Like I couldn't believe I drove past another dealership in town and there was it was completely yeah empty it's and this crazy. is and this is a pretty sizable you know, dealership and and you you just expect that there's always going to be cars all over the way their lot is always full yeah nothing it's crazy isn't it you could drive see. around in circles and not hit another car uh but uh, but service is banging. But at least I'm not paying thirty-one hundred bucks for all my stuff. Oh, uh, there you go, Steve. You think about that. That's actually kind of worth it, because I basically prepaid for the the repairs that were going to be uh, needed. 
Yeah, but the uh, the idea is you would have paid that money anyway, That's and you I mean. already have paid that money. That's what I'm saying. I prepaid yeah. for the for all the repairs. It but... only yeah, it only makes it only makes sense yeah. once your car becomes a bucket of bolts, and then you want you spending more than you than you put in. And then the guy says to me at the end of this, you know, you can renew this, and I'm like, really? Like they would take another four grand. To cover something that's already got a hundred. Oh, they would take. Th- they would take a four grand for any any purpose. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, with the risk of of how much you got to pay out then at that point. They, but they're probably still making money on it because, it, because you may not use all that. You may not use all four thousand dollars in additional repairs before you yeah. say, "Hey, it's time for another car," which is probably what they're banking on. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of a. It's a little bit of a risk on, the, on their part, but they still wind up making money. All right, here's what I need you to do. I need you to change the oil every 1,000 miles. <laughs> you need to follow my instructions very, very carefully. <laughs> this is this is what I want. Yeah. Uh, and there you go. It is uh, 623 at Rock 102. You may have to nagle on Rock 102. Uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 42. Tomorrow, uh, cloudy with a high of 42. It is 25 right now in downtown Springfield. Um, Dr. Mark Kenton from uh, Mercy will be joining us. We're going to talk about COVID and what they're dealing with over there. And uh, that's uh, after 7, I think. After 7 o'clock. After yeah. 7 o'clock. Uh, you know, I didn't, uh, back to that story, I didn't have to stay for six hours. It was done in about three. So but at least I didn't have to stay there all day long. Right, six hours is a lot of a uh, lot of commitment. <clears throat> yeah, but here's the thing: I live out in the middle of nowhere. I don't have anybody to dr- like. The, and this is that was the other thing. I get to, they get to the desk, you know, and uh, the guy's like, uh, he goes, you know, this is going to take like six hours, and I'm like, well, you didn't tell me that on the phone. I would have made other arrangements, maybe. Sure. And then uh, I say, he goes, I he goes, he goes, well, we can shuttle you. And I go back to Huntington, and he goes, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like he realized I was forty-five minutes away from where he is. Yeah. And then uh, I he, I said, well, why don't you? What about a loaner? Can you give me a loaner? We don't have any. You know, that, that's another thing. They're yeah, out of look, look around. There's, yeah. no, there's no car to loan out. So I said, fine, I'll wait. And I went outside and I smoked two big fat joints and I just <laughs> chilled out the TV in there watching the, you know, eating like eating fiddle faddle out of the yeah, bag yeah. and right off my nipple, you know. <laughs> hey, let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's fun. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. All right. This is not a joke, okay? It's not? No. It's uh, it's a reminder to just be careful when telling jokes, okay? Okay. So I had this joke a few weeks ago that says, what do you do when an epileptic is having a seizure in a bathtub? Okay. You throw your wash wash in, you know, your laundry, right? Yes. So I decided to repeat that joke at work here upstairs, right? Right. And uh, and when I finished, the one lady upstairs, she got really mad at me, and she screamed. She's like, I shouldn't tell jokes like that because her brother died in the bath as a kid while having an epileptic seizure. Oh, no kidding. And I said, oh, did he drown? And she goes, no, he choked on a sock. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was doing the laundry, laundry in the bathtub. <laughs> no wonder I'm always losing socks. I know. Where do they all go? <laughs> Booyah! 31 with Bags and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Villa Napolitana. 
Celebrate the holidays at Villa Napolitano, open Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Uh, with COVID-19 rates across the state and the city being on the rise, new developments have been made for Springfield Public Schools in relation to school bus transportation, COVID-19 school-based notification protocols, winter sports, and added support for school nurses. Uh, Helen Calton-Harris, Commissioner of the, school, uh, or the Springfield uh, Department of Public Health and Human Services, said uh, we have to take the precautions that are necessary in order to save lives. The Springfield Department of HHS, along with the public schools, announced Monday afternoon that there will be a temporary pause on all winter sports beginning Tuesday morning. There is no word on when the winter sports will resume, but school and health officials will reconvene to discuss the topic after the holiday break. That's going to put a damper, though, for a lot of the kids, man. I know it sucks, but... sure. But have you noticed, um, even the, even though they're canceling winter sports and they're worried about the uh, the bus drivers, that, that no one's having the conversation yet about whether to bring the kids back home and go remote again? I don't think you'd be able to do that again. I They don't have – I don't know what it is. Like, you know, when these kids can st- have to stay home from school, there's no option anymore to remote learn. I don't get that part. Yeah, but I think in an emergency situation, and I'm yeah. not saying we're in it, but you know we're certainly behaving like, you know, certain things make sense, but yet other things don't. Like it's mm-hmm. it's okay to have your kids learning in school, but God forbid there be any uh, after school sports where they might get infected. These kids can get infected all day long. Yeah, but I think that what they're trying to do is cut down on the close. I mean, when you're doing like sports like wrestling and basketball and you know all the other indoor sports, you're right. You're neck and neck with somebody coughing all over them. No, I get it. I get yeah. it. I'm just I'm just saying that it's interesting that that conversation hasn't even begun yet. I'm sure the conversation has been had. Well, they're not telling us. That. Well, they should. Well, I'd like to know some information. Uh, yeah. So they yeah, December twenty. There's no word on whether winter sports will resume, but hopefully, yeah. Okay. Well, that was the end of that story. I mean, there's like more to it, but what do you want to hear about? You want to hear about all the crappy things that I'm going to tell you is closed now? Nah, it's all right. Uh, state police arrested a Springfield man after a traffic stop in Deerfield resulted in troopers finding a handgun in his vehicle. According to state police, around 9.25 p.m. on December 11th, a training trooper. Ooh, a training trooper. A training trooper? Yeah. Oh, you, you, A trooper in training? Does he get a little biscuit when you, uh, come here, little training trooper. Good little trooper. Good little training trooper. Along with his field training officer observed a red Honda SUV on I-91 North traveling uh, at 95 miles per hour. And the trainer went, roof, roof. And then the field training officer was a good boy, Spot. Good boy. Bad yeah, boy. Let me rub your belly. The uh, troopers conducted a traffic stop and the driver identified himself as 21-year-old Carlos Garcia of Springfield. Garcia was unable to give troopers a driver's license and handed them unrelated paperwork instead of the vehicle registration. <laughs> yeah, here's my uh, eight feet receipt from CVS. Right. I got. Uh... Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a chicken sandwich from Chick Fil A earlier. Yeah, this is the, the napkin. Delicious. The officers noticed uh, Garcia was positioning his body in a way to hide the area between the center console and the driver's seat. The field training trooper could see a metallic object in that area. The, the state troopers asked Garcia to, Garcia to step out of the vehicle, but he refused. However, the training trooper was able to safely remove him from the vehicle. A probable cause of the vehicle uh, resulted in the troopers finding a f- five 
oh, five to seven handguns. It's written weird. It's written FN5-7. Five to seven? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they meant. So it's either five, six, or seven. Right. A uh, handgun with a 10-round magazine inserted along with a round in the chamber. Uh, ooh, 16 in the clip and one in the hole. Nate Dog is about to make some body turn cold. You know, uh, th- we've had this discussion multiple times, and this just shows uh, you know how accurate it is to have this discussion publicly. But if I had... Five dash seven guns in the car, and none of them were registered to me. Like, uh, there's a chance they may have belonged to people I stole them from. I mean, I'm going on a limb here. It's all alleged. Would I be driving 95 miles an hour on the highway? But you know what? You might be, uh, if you're handing the wrong paperwork, you might be (laughs) under the influence of something. And if you're positioning yourself to the center console, and I assume what he did was. Uh, you know, he turned his entire back to the center cons- uh, console and just looked out the window, you know, squ- square to the driver's side window. There's nothing behind me here, officer. Yeah, there's nothing uh, to Officer see in here. training. Pay no attention to that bulging uh, firearm handle hanging out of the driver's seat. <laughs> Pay no attention to the present smell of gunpowder. A uh, Westfield man was sentenced to 8 to 10 years in prison after being found. Uh, I believe it's 8. It's 8, 10 10 years in prison. Yeah, I believe you're right. Uh, After being uh, found guilty for the second time for an assault on two victims with a hammer back in 2016. According to Jim Lydon, spokesman for the Hamden District Attorney's Office, Adrian Hines was found guilty Friday for two counts of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. This is the second time Hines has been found guilty for the assaults. Well, isn't that double jeopardy when you're... And you'd be found guilty for the same thing twice? Uh, if you've done it on two different occasions, I believe it's a separate crime. On uh, March 23rd of 2016, Hines is said to have attacked a female who was exiting her apartment on Southwick Road in Westfield. The woman's roommate saw the attack and attempted to help her, but she was also attacked. The unprovoked attack happened outside of the apartment complex where Hines lived as well. Hind was uh, originally found guilty in September of 2018 for two counts of assault and battery of the dangerous weapon, resulting in serious bodily injury. He was sentenced to 10 to 12 years in prison. However, this past April, the Supreme Judicial Court ordered a new trial, saying the original trial judge made a mistake by not allowing the defense to utilize an expert witness in Hines' self-defense argument. Oh, yeah. You mean the one who said, hey, who'd you see uh, swing that hammer at that lady? Uh, This guy? Okay, thank you so much for your uh, time here on the witness stand. We appreciate it. (laughs) He blew you right in, dude. Yeah, that's it. That's what happens. Uh, Hamden uh, DA Anthony Galuni say he commends uh, both the victims of the attack for courageously facing their attacker in court and working with my office to bring the defendant to justice twice. So nice, we convicted him twice. As part of his uh, as his uh, parole down the road, will he be prevented from using hand tools ever again? Uh, maybe. I, I, I mean, will his, uh, you know... Is uh, will his courtesy <laughs> courtesy card be eliminated at Lowe's, Home Depot, and any other hardware store like Rocky's Ace Hardware from now on? Well, he could very well do that. Yes, because I don't think this guy should have uh, hand tools ever do you, again. Do you think Anthony Galuni uh, looks at Northampton after hey, so this guy gets convicted twice on the same thing? Yeah, boom. See, I told you so. That's Anthony Galuni. Yeah. Told you, told you, I told you he was he's guilty, and we convicted him again, even after a new trial. Does he like look at the DA up in Northampton and with that uh, what's her name uh, Anna uh, 
Carventala. Uh, yeah, right. And say, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know what your problem is down here, but uh, <laughs> we can get people convicted twice. Yeah, we've never had to try somebody four times. Yeah. Springfield police uh, on Friday around 4 p.m. recovered an AR-style rifle and a second high-capacity firearm after executing a search warrant at a home on the 600 block of Bay Street. Detectives in the department's firearms investigation unit, Holyoke Police, and members of the FBI gang task force arrested 42-year-old Emmanuel Garcia as they seized the firearm. According to uh, spokesman Ryan Walsh, the uh, Springfield Police Department detective and a Franklin County Sheriff's deputy assigned to the task force were conducting an investigation into the illegal storage of firearms at a home on Bay Street. During the process of the investigation, police detective saw Garcia leave his home and drive away, knowing that he had a suspended license. Oh, we know that you're driving illegally. Let's turn on these blue-colored lights and pull you over. Hmm. <laughs> and boom, they popped him. Yeah, and they, they popped got him. him. Uh, assisting detectives conduct a traffic stop in Garcia's car near the intersection of Pine and Resnick Boulevard uh, in Holyoke. Garcia was placed under arrest for reportedly driving with a suspended license. And then they go into uh, the apartment and they find all this stuff. No oh, man. Your plan was foiled again. It would have worked, too, if it weren't for those meddling kids. That's what I'm talking about. Springfield uh, police arrested two people on Sunday after a traffic stop led to the discovery of an illegal uh, firearm. According to uh, Ryan Walsh, I what? I mean, how many gun stories are we doing here? It's unbelievable. Guns. Well, it's like the Wild West out there. It seriously is. Police were conducting a speed enforcement. You know what? They, they told everybody they were doing this. We're going to be out there checking your speed. We're going to be doing these multiple times, so you better slow down or otherwise you're going to get a ticket. And no one pays attention. And no one pays attention. They even have the electronic signs that said that say speed enforcement ahead. Even even you reported that. Yeah. Was it last week you reported that? Yeah. Or, yeah. Last week you said it's going to happen next week. Pay attention. It's it's happened like a dozen times already. This is why I don't drive around with my illegal guns anywhere. According to uh, Ryan Walsh, uh, they were conducting the speed enforcement on State Street when they noticed a car traveling at more than twice the posted speed limit on State Street. Officers attempted to stop the vehicle, but the driver, later identified as 22-year-old Bobby Guzman, did not immediately pull over. Officers report that they saw both the driver and passenger attempting to reach for something in the back seat before pulling over. As officers approached the car, Guzman continued to reach under his seat. Due to this, he and his passenger, identified as 26-year-old Cassandra Rosario, were detained pending an investigation. Inside the car, officers observed an open bag with more than 30 bags of marijuana, Packaging material and a scale. What are you going to do with it? You going to throw that out the window? I don't know. Sure, those weren't weren't uh, gifts. Uh, for the Secret Santa. Yeah, uh, the Secret Santa. Everyone's getting a bag of weed, and someone's getting a scale. Oh well, this was so nice that you brought this to the ice cream social. <laughs> the holiday ice cream social. I mean, I'm sure the guy had no intention of selling this stuff. No, probably not. Uh, but. You know, that just wouldn't make sense because you've got dispensaries all over the place. A uh, Florida man says he that's all I needed to say was a Florida man. That's right? it. A Florida man says he was kicked off a United Airlines flight for wearing a woman's thong as a face mask. He is, argues it complied with federal guidelines. Is that wrong? Apparently it is. Uh, Adam Jenny was wore a bright red pair of women's underwear over his nose and mouth Wednesday morning while waiting for takeoff. 
on United Airlines flight and video taken by another passenger. Flight attendants tell Jenny he is not in compliance with the mask guidance and will have to get off the plane. Boy, you got a panty on your head. Jenny says he thinks the TSA uh, mask rule is silly and by using underwear he was trying to show why it doesn't make sense to him. There's nothing more absurd, absurd than having to wear a mask until I get to cruising altitude so, an order I can, uh, so that I can order Tito's by the double and snack on pretzels. And illustrating that absurdity by wearing women's underwear on my face sounds perfect. You know, I get that you're protesting, but now you've like, do you have the time to do all this, to screw up your day? Because they're kicking you off the flight. Do you, do you also have the time to interrupt the flights of everybody else in the plane, That's too? That's what I'm talking yeah, about. I like, you know, I, I wish I had the convenience of this man. You know, if, if I'm going to fly, uh, you know, commercially, you mm -hmm. know, on, on a domestic flight, I don't want any of my weird behaviors to interrupt the flow of the flight. I don't, I don't want to do any – I don't want to be that guy – that uh, ruins the flight. I just want to get there. I want to uh, get off the plane, grab my bags, and wait in line for my rental car. That's all I really want to do. And you know what? I'm lucky enough that I haven't seen any of that either. Yeah, it's like, like you witness any of that stuff. I mean, I understand the protest, and if you want to protest, that's fine. But don't inconvenience everybody else that spent a couple hundred bucks to be flying on a, on a domestic flight. You screwing up my vacation, huh? Screwing up my trip? I'll show you. That's it. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be mostly sunny with a high of 43. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 42. 25 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Aw, yeah. Hey, Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 652 and the kinks on Rock 102. Bundle up, campers, because it's cool out there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel hey. like I'm reliving the same day over and over again. I know, no kidding. Yeah. Hey, uh, did you see the story? No. Of uh, this guy in Springfield, no. uh, William Scagliarini of Springfield, uh, takes a gets a quick pick playing Keno on December 11th, nine spot quick pick. Uh, you know what? I did see this. And yep, the, the dude uh, wins a, a three time multiplier. Yeah. He wins forty grand, but because of the multiplier, he walks off with one hundred twenty thousand dollars before taxes. That's a pretty sweet take. He buys this at the uh, the Quality Mart on Allen Street. This is the uh, the little market uh, that's between the Gold Trader and uh, Golden Pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know where that is. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, they win $1,200 for selling the ticket. But this guy wins $120,000. i have never won more than 2 bucks on Kino. I don't know what it you know. I mean, I realize that nobody wins $120,000. What I'm telling you is, I don't win on anything. Keno, um, scratch tickets, nothing. I got uh, a big bag of jack squat. The most I've won is $5,000. That would like, be fantastic. At, at one time. Yeah. And I've done that twice. See what I'm talking about? And I've won, yeah, the first time I went into MGM, I won $2,100, and it was all cash, pure takeaway because... Yeah. Uh, uh, it was all like in little increments that I wanted. Yeah. Did you have to, did they pay you out right away or did you have to go to Dorchester to get your money? Well, that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. The, it, it, I'm talking, the casino. I was talking about the casino. Oh, the casino. The casino, I won in little cash, uh, you know, increments. Yes. You don't have to go to Dorchester. I think it's, I don't, I didn't win that big. 
Yeah. I think that's when you got to really go out to the, the big office. Yeah, there's, this, there's one in Springfield you can go to. Yeah, but in this case, the guy had to go all the way out to Dorchester. Well, yeah, because I think it's over a certain amount of money that you have to go out there. For yeah, and that's the, the and that's the only reason I don't want to win one hundred twenty thousand dollars. You know, Dorchester is way out of my way, but uh, but yet my my whole point is this: there's there are some people that are just uh, flat lucky, and then there's guys like me who do win uh, nothing. But yeah. if my wife plays uh, Kino, she'll win. If my wife buys a scratch ticket. She usually comes up with a winner. If I buy it, it's a guaranteed loser. Well, because you are a loser and you bring your aura with you wherever you go. No, Steve. I yeah. think what's I think what's happening is I think uh, I'm being held <laughs> on a string uh, by I don't know what it is the universe, whatever it may be, uh-huh. you know, karma, whatever. Yeah. And I'm being held on a string. And if I keep on playing, then I'm either going to hit for the real big jackpot, or you're right. I'm never going to win anything for the rest of my life. And the way I'm operating right now, <laughs> that may not be a real long time. What are you talking about? You've already, uh, you've already, uh, you've already won your music wish list that you wished for yesterday uh, to happen again today. Yes, yeah, so I was dying. I was dying to hear same exact song. I was dying to hear Lola twice. I know. Um, maybe but, we can hear "Blinded by the Light" again too. Uh, maybe. Yeah. You're, you're, or, or "Summer '69." We could talk about that all over again. Giggity. Uh, listen, Vax, stop worrying about winning the, the lottery. Uh, what What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You win. This guy wins 120 grand before taxes. Sure. You know what? That he's gonna wind up with jack squat at the end. No, no, no. I bet you half of that will go to taxes. He'll only get a about good 60. fat third. A good fat third will go to taxes. I would say about 40 to 50%. Okay, maybe, but that would still be half. Half? Yeah. Still uh-huh. be $60,000. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like- quit my job over it, but I think this guy is a little bit beyond uh, working age if I am if I can see beyond the mask he's wearing, but he's yeah. holding up the check. Yeah, but, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. See, but I'm neither, I'm neither here nor there either. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, there's no way. This guy's going to win uh, $120,000. I am going to win nothing. It's like those people who win, like, the millions. Of, I wonder how much Mavis Wanzik actually walked away with. And then what do you get taxed every year? You it, must, de- it depends. If you, you, if you take it out, uh, I believe if you take it out in all one lump sum, you get paid tax. You, you, get, uh, you get taxed once. But if you take it out in the annuity, you'll get taxed every year. And then, and then you see these people who win big, and their lives become miserable because see, everybody and their brother, including their own brothers, right. want a piece of the pie. Yeah, I, I've heard those stories, uh-huh. but I've but uh, that hasn't happened to me yet. Well, because you didn't win anything. I'm, but I'm sure I'd be the exception to the rule, where yeah, would, where all those millions would have no effect on me. Or the people around me. See, having money all at once like that mm. is is toxic. It's a bad situation for somebody who's never had that kind of money. And then all of a sudden you're in that kind of money. Mm. And then, uh, you know, I remember talking to a guy years ago. I'm like, how, how do you think you could blow $500 million? And he's like, go to Vegas and start betting $20,000 at a time. You'll see how quickly it goes. Yeah, see, but I would, I would never do that. That's not, uh, that's not what I would do because I know I can... Lightning could only strike once at a time. You never know, Bax. You never know how much your life will become a desolate wasteland. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm willing to take be, the risk. That's it. All this money. <laughs> you never know. I'd like, I'd like to, I'd like to be the guy that bucks that trend. Well, the like, only way to do that is to actually have that money 
handy. Well, listen, Bax, you can't win if you don't play. So why don't you buy a ticket? I do play, and I don't win. Well, play more. I'll have. I can only play so much. It's six fifty-eight with Bax and Nagel at Rock One Hundred Two. View from the couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Pet food roundup underway. Donate to local animal shelters. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, I don't know about you, but I was hoping to spend my entire vacation on the couch, icing my bum leg, sucking down blood thinners like they were trail mix, and spending every day watching NHL hockey. That was my plan. Frankly, I thought it was a pretty good one. Oh, sure. I suppose I could also watch some of that college football, too. And I will. But this year, I was going to jam in as much hockey as I could take along with it. That was until yesterday when the Grinch that stole hockey decided to take it away from us. Yesterday, the NHL announced that they are effectively shutting down all league activities until after Christmas. Everything. All the games, all the practices, all that travel, every bit of it. All because COVID apparently enjoys hockey players and staff members. This week, I told you the Bruins were shutting down until after Christmas. Now it's everybody else, too. No more hockey fights, no more shootouts, no more exciting power plays. It's almost as if they took away our last can of Who Hash. And I was looking forward to that stuff. Now I'm going to have to sit around and watch a bunch of college football games I really don't care about simply because there's nothing else for me to do. Listen, you can sit here and tell me that you're not going to get vaccinated because you don't know what's in the vaccine. I don't know what's in a fruitcake or a glass of eggnog. All I know is they're both delicious and they're good for me. In the NHL, almost 100% of the players were already vaccinated and it still wasn't good enough. To me, I want as much protection as possible. I'll even take extra doses of the stuff. And while I hate to see hockey games get postponed, I suppose we're going to have to make a sacrifice so that perhaps we can all get through this inconvenient mess. But it doesn't mean I have to be happy about it because clearly I am not. But hey, never mind yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Our local animal shelters pair of pets with people, and both are happier for it. Maybe you have a rescue dog or a cat. Rocky's Roundup of the Register is a way to donate and keep our local shelters doing what they do, making people and animals happy together. Roundup of the Register today at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 710 and Rush on Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 43. Tomorrow, cloudy. Could see uh, snow flurries here and there throughout the Pioneer Valley with a high of 42. It's 25 right now in downtown Springfield. And less than three hours from now, winter will finally set upon the region. Good. About time. Yeah. the uh, the It's the shortest day of the year. And yet it seems like it's going on forever. Yeah, I know. It's just like yeah, come but that's on, just uh... of this crap already. <laughs> uh, the longest night of the year will have an extra sparkle in the sky as the Yersid, your I don't know how to say it, meteor shower peaks just hours after the December solstice. So tonight, you go out there, you could see five to ten meteors per hour. Really? Isn't that crazy? That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, these December solstice marks the first time when the sun's most direct rays are focused on the Tropic of Capricorn in the Southern Hemisphere, resulting in the longest day and shortest night of the entire year for countries south of the equator. But, of course, it's going to be mostly cloudy today, so none of us are going to be able to see it. Well, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, not to be a bummer about well, stuff, yeah, but I'm just saying. Sort of, uh, thanks a lot, Bax. I appreciate it. Yes. Putting the damper yeah, on that whole right. thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, the uh, Northern Hemisphere experiences the shortest day, followed by the longest night of the entire year. The long nights provide ample time for stargazing, and with the elongated nights comes the final meteor shower 
of 2021. It's the final countdown. Oh, that's a good song. Isn't yeah. it not a good one? I thought, uh, weren't we supposed to die back in 2012? Oh, is that with the Mayan calendar the thing? The Mayan calendar thing. Yeah. I don't know what happened to that. I was all looking forward to that and everything. Uh, so the, the, ooh, what is this? Oh, I don't know, Steve. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, I don't know. It's the wrong one. It's the wrong one. Uh, the Ursids are off. Oh, yeah. Freaking A right, man. Damn right, Steve. That's what's I was going right on. on top of it. Not, uh, my, not my fault. It's a low burn. The Ursids are often neglected due to the fact the shower peaks just before Christmas and the rates are much less than the gem, Gemins. I don't even know what the hell that I means. I don't know what that means. The Gemins. Oh, these are the meteors. Peak uh, Typically peak about a week before the Ursids. Now, isn't the Gemin, isn't that the uh, the dude that Chris Kardashian married? Bruce Jenner. No, 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 that's Bruce Jenner. I'm you're sorry, th- I never heard of him. You're thinking of uh, you're thinking of that guy that was on our show that was a comedian uh, years ago. Uh, has the first name like a Christmas uh, Christmas name? Yule Brenner. No, 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 no. That would be uh, Yule Brenner. Yule Brenner was on our show. Yeah, you don't remember that? Yule Brenner. Yule King, Brenner King was King and on. I. Yule Brenner. Yeah. Really? Yes. Don't remember that. It was about eight years ago. Yule it was, Brenner. It was a Mayflower Marathon thing. Yule Brenner. No, no, no. You're thinking of Robert Loja. No. That's Loja. Yule, Yule with, with Brenner. As an L, as in Loja. Let's see. Uh, when was he? Uh, when was he on? Yule Brenner's been dead for years. Uh, it w- I swear uh, he was on this show. I don't know. I don't think Yule Brenner has been. Uh... <laughs> Who am I thinking of then? Who is the guy that I'm thinking of that was on this show? That's I don't... a comedian. He's got a. Uh, let's see. Yule Brenner has been uh, dead since 1985. That's 10 years before we started. Well, I'm just saying. It was somebody like that. <laughs> and Yul Brenner was no comedian. Just an actor. Oh, like a, 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 a musical actor. I can see the guy's face, and why can't I Why can't I uh, name his name? He's an older comedian. Rich, uh, 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 David Brenner. David Brenner, that's it. You're confusing Yul Brenner <laughs> with David Brenner? Well, whatever. It's the same uh, name. It's not even spelled the same way. Well, it's close. You couldn't be what? Okay. All right. Listen, if you want to think that we talked to Yule Brenner. <laughs> Yule Brenner. Yeah. The comedian. No, it was that's Dave, up to you. David Brenner. David Brenner. That's I'm it. glad we got to the bottom of that. Why? Well, I'm glad we did I had too. A, I had to turn down the final countdown just so I could concentrate on what you were trying to t- what you were trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I I screwed that whole no, thing. No, you didn't up. screw it up. You just I had to switch directions cuz I couldn't figure out what you were trying to get at. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, uh, jumping tracks here, because uh, I'm done talking about the solstice. Good. The shortest day of the year. What the hell? Are we... the shortest conversation of the year right yeah, there. Yeah, right there. Uh, a Saturday afternoon shift turned into an act of heroism for one Minnesota teen when 15-year-old Sydney Raleigh clocked in for her Saturday shift at the McDonald's in Eden Prairie, a few miles south of Minneapolis. She didn't expect to clock out as a hero. Sydney has been working at the McDonald's for around seven months, and told CNN that this was just another routine weekend shift. 
The day had been mostly normal. Making coffee, making drinks, going into the lunch rush. It was all normal, she said. Telling people that the ice cream machine was broke. Yeah. After uh, handing a customer some of her food in the drive-thru, Sydney popped back out of the window to let uh, her know the rest was on the way. That's when Sydney noticed the woman was choking on a chicken nugget. A Mac nugget was lodged in her a throat? A Mac nugget was lodged in her throat. She was coughing like crazy, and I noticed she was gagging, Sydney said, told CNN. Her daughter was in the passenger seat, and she looked so freaked out, I immediately knew, oh, my God, she's choking. Uh, Sydney instructed both her manager and the, uh, and the woman's daughter to call 911 as she quickly jumped through the window to help the woman. Can you imagine that? She jumped through the window? Yeah. Sydney told CNN she took a Red Cross babysitter class at age 11 where she learned the Heimlich maneuver. And then all that training immediately kicked in. I just signed my kid up for one of these. It, my, my kids went through it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's actually a really cool thing. It's a good course. To, it's good uh, skills to know. You know, if, if I were, like, working at the McDonald's mm-hmm. and uh, someone in the, in the, uh, the drive-thru was choking... Yeah. And I would try to jump through the window to save their life. Yeah, you'd get stuck in the I'd window. I'd get stuck in the window, and the jaws of life would wow. have to pull me through. You're take all, take, you're... Uh, take Grimace, uh, Mayor McCheese, and the hamburger to try to you know, grab my feet and pull me back in. Well, you're also not a 90-pound 16-year-old either. No, I'm not, but I, but I do know my way around CPR. Uh... And, by, and by that, I know how to beat someone in the stomach to unlodge a, a Mac Nugget. Uh, the maneuver didn't work the first couple of times Sydney tried, so she called on a bystander to assist, and she said, we worked together and were able to successfully dislodge the food from her throat. That's pretty damn cool. Now, I've... here's the thing. See, what about the other guy? The other guy doesn't get all the pomp now. The guy who helped her out. Hey, I helped you, kid. You know, you're going to be the hero? You're the Mick hero? Here's what I don't understand is. Why don't you shove your Mick bravery reward up your you-know-what? Here's what I don't get. See if you can follow me on this uh, on this line of thinking. Yeah. This is all through the drive-through, right? Yeah. All right. So the food gets passed from the window to the driver. Yeah. Is this the passenger who uh, who winds up choking or the driver? It's the driver. All right. Do you see how uh what happened here? Mm-hmm. It's like this person gets their Mac Nuggets. Yeah. Not even having a chance to open up one of them delicious sausages in in one of those plastic little cups. She's already scarfing that uh, pressed meat down. She's already face first in those McNuggets. Now, they are delicious. There's no doubt about it. Hard to resist. But don't you think you drive away with the food before you dive right into the McNuggets? I mean, you're talking about about fractions of a second here. You got it. You got to. You got to test taste test the product when they hand it to you through the window. Yeah, but if you're waiting for more, I'm taking one of the nuggets. I'm taking a French fry. Okay. I'm taking any number of food items that are in that bag. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just think that it's a little aggressive uh, going into the McNuggets, you know, being, you know, having such low patience as to not just wait just Mm. a damn second before you pull out of that drive-thru. Yeah, well, she made this woman's uh, life a living hell. Yeah, I, now she's trying to ring up orders, and now she, this broad's choking on a nugget. No, listen, I, 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 I can applaud the young lady for saving this person's life, but I have to question the zeal in which someone just dove right into those McNuggets. Uh, two officers from the police department then arrived on scene to check on the woman and had a reward for the team. They said, congratulations, you're a lifesaver, you're a hero, 
They gave her $100 from a fund they use for people who do good work in the community. And she used that $100 to buy McNuggets for everybody there. She bought 99 uh, McDoubles. Wow. A dollar that's, each. That's wonderful. Uh, this that's, was, pay, that's paying it forward. This was the first time she ever had to perform the maneuver, but knew the seriousness of it and uh, to always be prepared. Around the corner were her parents, Tom and Stephanie, who were on their way to pick her up. There was an ambulance and a police car sitting there, and I looked at my wife and said, please tell me there's not for Sydney. And sure enough, Sydney is sitting outside waiting for us to pick her up uh, and says, so this happened today. Again, uh, when you receive food from McDonald's or any drive-thru, yeah. take a second, take a breath before you just dive right in. That woman's ripping into McNuggets like uh, the Cookie Monster into a bag of Chips Ahoy. Yeah. Uh, and just, her, just just ripping right through it like just like like a like a bull in a china shop. You got to open it up. Yes, but you yeah. do, you don't have to start you know chomping down on him you know before you even you know before you even got your receipt. Uh, this guy also says that his daughter was diagnosed with autism when she was younger, and then they go on to explain what autism is in case we didn't remember. Because no one's ever heard of it before. Right. Uh, he said we always worried it was going to be a challenge for her, and it's uh, done a complete one eighty. It's uh, actually been a blessing and a gift at this point. All the things we worried about never happened. And she's a hero to boot. So good for this kid. That's uh, that's an exciting story. You know, um, I understand the whole, like, minimum wage thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, because you can't, you really can't afford to, like, live off of a paycheck. Right. Making, you know, $9 an hour. Maybe at eighteen dollars an hour, you 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 know you'd be able to cover some of your bills and stuff. But if you're paying, if you're gonna get eighteen dollars an hour, and you're gonna get that to start, which I remember my first job at McDonald's was four dollars and twenty five cents, and that right. was nineteen ninety five, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you're gonna do that, you should really put effort into making the food. Because I can't tell you how many times that uh, you go to these places and, okay, fine, uh, make the 20 bucks an hour. If the food costs a little bit more, then fine. But at least make it <laughs> right. You know, it's, 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 just, it's so disappointing sometimes when you go and you, you pay for this stuff and you're paying the astronomical prices for it and it right. comes out all, like, soggy or burnt or uh, whatever. Well, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, do you... What are your expectations going in? I tell you what my expectation is, not choking on a Mac nugget. Well, my expectation for somebody who's making that much money per hour should be a little bit better quality food than what uh, somebody who is, doesn't really give a F and is only making nine bucks well, an hour. At the McDonald's, they have, been, they have sold billions and billions yeah, of well, food to, to customers. I wonder how many they've burnt billions and billions, too. The only time saying? I've ever been burnt is when I uh, had Sorry. one of them hot apple pies, and the filling was like magma from a volcano. Oh, you like hot filling, though. That's your kind of thing. Not that hot. You don't? Not, not hot magma no. running down your chest? No. No? No. You don't like that? I know where you're going with this. I know where I I'm going with it, I don't it like too. your direction. That's one of the complaints the guy had on the phone yesterday. It's 723 <laughs> Rock 102. Good news, Massachusetts. Your holiday on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 43. Tomorrow uh, could see some snow flurries throughout the area. High of 42. It's 25 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, if you miss any part of the uh, the Bax and O'Brien show or Bax and Nagel or what have you, you can check out the Bax and O'Brien daily podcast available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, 
Spotify, or directly from BaxandO'Brien.com. There's also Baxi's musical podcast this week, my repost of the interview I did with Bob Mould of Husker Du. Very interesting stuff. Uh, you can check that out also on BaxandO'Brien.com. Is it this guy in, uh, in Canada who stole a bridge? How do you steal a bridge? Uh, apparently, an 18-meter pedestrian bridge stolen from the from a oh stolen from a U.S. city. Oh, okay, it's a Canadian website. I thought it was Canada. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, from a U.S. city last month has been found, and a man is facing charges. Police in Ohio, uh, in the city of Akron, said investigators are acting on tips and other information about uh, found the missing span partially disassembled on a property in Sharon Township, in neighboring Medina County. A team of police officers converged on a property in Medina County and conducted a search warrant. Uh, during the search of the property, the bridge was found partially disassembled. Uh, the Akron uh, Bridge, described as a Lego-like structure, once crossed a river in Akron's Middlebury Run Park near the tire company Goodyear's Global Headquarters. It was taken down in 2004 as part of a wetland uh, restoration project and was stored on park property. And this guy took it. That's bananas. That's yeah. crazy. Police discovered that on November 3rd, someone had removed the treated deck boards of the three-meter-wide, two-meter-tall structure. And then on November 11th, they found that the metal frame had been taken. A 63-year-old man was charged with felony theft. Authorities alleged that he paid a trucking company for crane service, and the firm picked up the bridge and took it to a Medina County. The trucking company didn't go, you have any permission to take this thing? <laughs> I suppose once they get paid, they'll do anything you ask. Well, he's like, well, nobody's using that bridge over there. Uh, you know, there's a there's a house in uh, in Vermont when we go up there. It's like a, it's like right off of one of these you know, you know major roads, and uh, the guy has got uh, a parking lot on one bank of the river, and 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 you could probably fit like three or four cars over there. Yeah, but he's got a bridge that crosses this river, and it's this old rickety rope and and uh, oh, yeah. and two by four. Bridges. A death trap. It's a death trap. Yeah. And the guy's always got somebody visiting. If, to me, if you ever if you ever wanted uh, to separate yourself from all of society, and the only way to get to your house is a rickety bridge made of rope and wood, yeah, I would never expect a, uh, visitors or a pop-in ever. There's a bridge uh, by my house like that. It's, yeah. It's a guy who owns his auction house in town. It's called the Swinging Bridge Auction. <laughs> and there's one part of the Westfield River you can walk down and you can see the bridge hanging. And it's like, uh, I wouldn't be walking over cr- across that. Yeah, thing. no. no they, it looks like it's going to fall right into the river at any minute. It's it probably like bows in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know I know which that. one you're talking about. I, you, listen, if uh, if you were like, a, like say, a Jehovah's Witness uh-huh. and your job was to go from door to door, I would probably fold up my watchtower like a like a paper airplane and see if it landed in that guy's on the other side of the river because I'm not crossing that bridge. That's right. You'll see. Make sure you get through. You get through that uh, safely. Uh, but you know, you, this when this guy took the bridge, I wonder if they had that. Is that Led Zeppelin song, "The Bridge"? Where's that confounded bridge? <laughs> Isn't that what he says at the end of it? I don't know. I don't know if that's, a, if yeah. that's what it is. Well, I'm taking you to the bridge. That's that song, right? It's called The Bridge? I, I don't know. Oh, well, I I'll don't have know. to look it up then. It's 729. News is next to Rock 102. New England takes on Jacksonville January 2nd. It's the final home. 734 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement, now offering 40% off installation plus 
They'll give you a free glass shower door while supplies last. Call Yankee Home right now and tell them you heard it on Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. With COVID-19 rates across the state and city being on the rise, new developments have been made for Springfield Public Schools in relation to school bus transportation, COVID-19 school-based notification protocols, winter sports, and added support for local school nurses. We have to take the precautions that are necessary in order to save the lives, said Helen Calton Harris from the Springfield Department of Health and Human Services. The Department of uh, HHS, along with uh, the SPS, announced Monday afternoon that there will be a temporary pause on all winter sport sports beginning Tuesday afternoon. afternoon. Uh, there is no word on when winter sports will resume, but school and health officials will reconvene to discuss the topic after the holiday break. In addition, schools will no longer contact the entire school community when there is a verified positive COVID-19 case in their building. Schools will instead reach out directly to students and staff who are identified as a close contact of someone who has tested positive for COVID-19 in the school. So this would be like uh, boys and girls basketball, uh, hockey, I believe uh, some swimming, gymnastics, mm-hmm. and uh, according to uh, what I'm reading right here, competitive cheerleading. Which well, I don't even know, know if we even have that in the, in Springfield. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, do they? I don't know. I would imagine Springfield would have a competitive cheerleading team. I don't know if it's uh, competitive or if it's just, uh, you know, extracurricular. Uh, Anyway, however, some parents don't agree with the change in policy. Amanda Thompson has a son in Springfield schools. She also works with school-aged children in a local after-school program. She goes, as a parent, I think I would like to know. If it doesn't directly affect my son, it shouldn't be a worry. But the way everything is going on, a heads-up is a little nice. Mm-hmm. can kind of see the point of that. I do. Uh, also announced on Monday, the company provides that provides bus transportation to the district will have delays in pickup and drop-off times for the rest of the week. These delays are due to the first student COVID-19 safety protocols. The company stated that an increase of employees reporting as having been in close contact or having uh, contracted COVID-19 has left many bus driver positions vacant as employees can quarantine and self-isolate. Just a big mess all around, you know? Yes, it is. And uh, we'll be talking to Dr. Mark Kenton next hour about uh, how much of a mess it is on the hospital level. State police arrested a Springfield man after a traffic stop in Deerfield resulted in troopers finding a handgun in his vehicle. According to state police, around 9.25 p.m. on December 11th, a training trooper, along with his field training officer, observed a red Honda SUV on I-91 North in Deerfield traveling 95 miles per hour. Steve, that happened, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 10 days ago. Yes, it did happen 10 days ago. Why then are we just hearing about it now? Well, because somebody from 22 News decided to go on the Mass State Police Facebook page and see what they had cooking. If it's 10 days old, yeah, is it in fact still news? If, you know, if the primary word is news, yeah. I just wonder. I mean, I'm not, not a criticism of you. I, it's more of a criticism of, of those that actually gather real live news. Well, I, uh, 22, they have the mantra over there, the news porridge hot, news porridge cold, news, news porridge, porridge in a pot, pot nine ten days, days old. old. Yeah. yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> I believe that's how they do that over there. Yes. Uh, anyway, Garcia. Anyway, uh, what was I talking 95 miles an hour. The troopers conducted a traffic stop, and the driver identified himself as 21-year-old Carlos Garcia of Springfield. Garcia was unable to give the troopers a driver's license and handed them unrelated paperwork of the vehicle registration. That's my favorite part of that story. Oh, 
Yeah, I guess you get license and registration. Well, uh, here's my receipt from Manny's. I just bought a washer. Um, yeah, here's here's a letter that says I, I, I may just have. Here's my Valpac coupons. Yeah. And <laughs> I may have, in fact, won $10 million from the Publishers Clearinghouse. <laughs> Your Valpac coupons. <laughs> Hey, look at this. Uh, coupon oh, oh. for bail bonds. Yeah. This could come in handy. Hold on, officer. I think yeah. I think there's a coupon here for uh, for, yeah. for for tele, for, for, for fines. I, I think for for vehicular fines. What's this? Uh, Jelly of the Month Club. Oh, that's one hell of a look at you moving up in the world, giving the wrong paperwork. Uh, anyway, so he uh, they found a bunch of stuff on him. Hmm. A uh, Springfield police on Friday around 4 p.m. recovered an AR-style rifle and a second high-capacity firearm after executing a search warrant at a home on the 600 block of Bay Street. Detectives in the Springfield Police Department's Firearms Investigation Unit, Holyoke Police, and members of the FBI Gang Task Force arrested 42-year-old Emmanuel Garcia as they seized the firearm. According to uh, Ryan Walsh, a Springfield Police Department detective, and Franklin County Deputy Sheriff assigned to the uh, task force were conducting an investigation into the illegal storage of firearms at a home on Bay Street. During the process of the investigation on Friday, detectives saw Garcia leave his home and drive away knowing that he had a suspended license. Well, what do you think, Chief? Well, this would be a great time to pull him over, Bob. Don't you think? <laughs> He's got no license. Oh, good thinking, Chief. <sighs> There's a lot going on, on the roads the, the, today, isn't there? Or, or, excuse me, in the last 10 days. There's a lot going on in the roads. There's too much going on in the roads. It's like everybody, it's like yesterday who was driving probably 90 miles an hour in a 50-mile-an-hour zone. How, you, how come we got so many people driving around with guns in their car and then driving recklessly? Well, have we learned nothing? No. Have, have, we, have we gotten nothing uh, out of the news that hey. maybe if you've got guns or drugs in the car, it's time? I, to uh, follow the rules of the road. I hate to break it to you, Bax, but criminals aren't always of uh, top of of top intelligent intent. Inte they're not always smart like that. Right. Yeah. Listen, I get it. We're all dealing with staffing issues, and I I, I understand how difficult it is to find good quality work uh, your workers. Uh, but you know, really, if you're in the gun or drug trade, you have got to vet these people. Yeah. I mean, you really, you really do. It benefits everybody. You got to call references. Hey, uh, I'm going to call your previous drug dealer. Um, excuse me. Uh, did did uh, Mr. Garcia work for you? Well, why, yes, he did. Uh, was he let go on good terms? I can only tell you that he worked here. Yeah. See, that's the problem. <laughs> because even even the the HR departments that yeah. some of these uh, drug cartels know enough that you you there's, there's a certain level of privacy and they don't want the liability. Right. Hey, uh, the uh, yeah. I'm getting there. Back. You ready? I'm ready. The uh, president of the Massachusetts Senate is recovering from a health setback. Senate President Karen Spilka told a Boston TV station that she suffered a mild stroke last month and has been recovering at home. Last month? And you're just telling everybody now? When did she get this? Like 10 days ago? Yeah. She returned to the state uh, house for the first time yesterday and said she's feeling fine and ready to resume her duties. <laughs> she just said duty. duties. <laughs> A projected Massachusetts egg and pork shortage next year may be thwarted. House what? Is, yeah, I know. This is an outrage. Well, no, it might be thwarted. So there will be no shortage. House and Senate lawmakers oh, I thought this uh, I thought thwarted was a bad thing. No. 
Is it thwarted or thrusted? Whatever the good one is. Averted. Averted. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, there you go. The intent of the uh, law was to increase the amount of square footage available to animals which create food. Farms which don't comply with the law have been prevented from selling any eggs or pork products which don't adhere to that standard. The committee report, which has been forwarded to Governor Baker, calls for a delay on the implementation of that law to allow farmers more time to prepare for the change. I kind of like my uh, animals uh, squashed in together uh, ten at a time into a pen. Well, what makes them more delicious? Yeah, it's a the, room to move or well, a little bit of a little, little comfy cozy? Volume. You're getting more pork. You squish that pork together. You're making a squished pork sandwich. You know what I uh, what I hate maybe more than anything else in the whole world? Uh, you know, apart from like you know racism and uh, pestilence. Yeah, what? <sighs> pork shortages. You know, if any of anything that is disruptive of of my yeah. lifestyle, and you're going to tell me that there's a uh, there's an appalling lack of pork products out there. You know, at, at this point, you know that's when I start to panic. That's when I start to. You know, run around in circles, although slowly with my knee, and then you know, shout uh, angry, nonsensical slogans. That's what I do. Well, that's uh, that's what you were made to do. That's what I was made to do because to me, pork is the most important meat we have. It really isn't, though. It's so delicious, though, Steve. Who doesn't, who doesn't love good pork? Yeah, that was uh, what Lisa Simpson said. She was going to swear off. She was going to swear off eating meat. And, mm. then, and then Homer's like, well, what about uh, what about pork chops? She goes, no. What about bacon? No. What about ham? No. And then he's like naming all these pork products. She goes, Dad, that's all from the same animal. And he goes, yeah, right, Lisa. Some wonderful, magical animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have a hard time if we, uh, if we were suddenly uh, left without pork. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it, it could happen. We could have no pork at all. Well, then what left would there be to eat? Well, we'd have to start eating the insects. Ugh. You see that guy on that show? That I remember watching that show years ago. He's like naked and afraid in the woods or something like that. Yeah. Not, it's not naked and afraid, but it was some guy. But he was naked and he was afraid of something. He, he was like he's trying to survive in the, in the woods. Right. And he's like picking up bugs and he's like, ooh, look, energy. And he would like eat the bug. I'd rather eat a booger. It was really, gross. Really. I mean, I, I would rather, given a choice, booger or a bug, I'd go booger. Is that wrong? I would. Yeah, I think uh, going booger would be worse. Worse? Yeah. Than a bug? Yes. New. No. What are you talking about? Why not? You see, we're seeing like, like uh, you know, what, I mean, flies fly around the worst possible thing. Your own boogers or somebody else's? Well, you didn't specify. No, that's what I'm asking. Well, my own, obviously. I'm not going to go you know, diamond mining into someone else's nostrils. Hey, uh, Amazon-owned live streaming site Twitch has banned an Amazon Prime video channel after a presenter appeared to accidentally reveal her breasts during a live show. Is that wrong? All right. The official Spanish-language Prime video channel was suspended from Twitch on Sunday with no public reason given. However, it followed a segment on the talk show Esto es un late which uh, means something about being late in the evening, where the incident took place. Uh, Twitch has strict rules around partial or full nudity on camera. For those who uh, present as women, we ask that you cover your nipples. We do not want to permit exposed underbust. Now, in some of these video games on Twitch, mm -hmm. 
Many of them are like uh, incredibly violent, uh, yeah. you know, shoot 'em up type of games, right? Yeah. Is the worst thing you're going to see in that game a set of uh, naked breasts? No, probably not. I don't think so either. Yeah. I'd rather rather see that well, than watch like zombies getting shot in the face. That's what we do, though. We pick and choose what we want to be offended by. Yeah. I'd rather see that. I'd rather have a booger than a bug. What else have I said today that seemed a little bit off? I'm a, I'm buffet offended. <laughs> I go up and take whatever I can, t- you know, how much I can take of one thing to be offended for. There you go. And just stay with that. It's a good, uh, it's a good keep plan. Keep going up uh, night after night after night, day after day. Yeah, to, My, the, to the buffet. I respect that. Buffet. I respect that a lot. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast, which is brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew is velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster is air roasted. Look for the black and white can now at every Big Y Express. Going to be mostly uh, sunny today with a high of forty three. Tomorrow. Cloudy with some uh, snow flurries throughout the area, high of 42. It's 26 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. It's the- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 754 on Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 43. Tomorrow, cloudy with some snow showers, high of 42. It's 26 right now in downtown Springfield. Join us on uh, Saturday, February 5th at the Delaney House in Holyoke from 6 to 9 for Bourbon Barbecue and Blues. This is a great event, and we've been doing it for years. It's uh, an evening of great food, smooth drinks, and hot music, uh, including uh, music from Neil and the Vipers. It includes a tasting of rabbit hole bourbons. Uh, multi-course meal, and like I said, the live music tickets and info is available at rock102.com. It's a, a great holiday gift for the bourbon, barbecue, or blues lover in your life. It's bourbon, barbecue, and blues, February 5th at the Delaney House from the Tommy Carr Auto Group, Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements, and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. You know, as much as uh, it was a pain in the butt to uh, bury my mom, if you will, you know, uh, uh, with, with the process of uh, transporting a body and all that stuff. Sure. What is that noise? I don't really know. Oh, anyway, uh, you know, you know, moving the body from. Uh, <laughs> it was my Apple Watch. I was going to talking say, to me for some damn reason. Is I don't it telling know why. you you're going into uh, cardiac arrest? No, it's not. Well, not now. Because I will dial one one nine for you, Bex. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> That should be very helpful. We're gonna have a party for you after you're gone. Yeah, I'm sure it's you will. Be great. Um, wait, what the hell was I talking? Oh yeah, bury my mom. <coughs> yeah, you're talking about the inconvenience the inc- of it. Yeah, well, well, because it was a pain in the ass. You had to like fly her body up from the Georgia and you know all this other stuff, right? Right. And uh, but but I'm I'm glad it didn't go this way. A man who donated his mother's body to what he thought was Alzheimer's research later you <laughs> learned. It was used to test explosives. <laughs> Last week, new details of a lawsuit emerged against the Biological Resource Center in Arizona following an FBI raid in 2014 in which gruesome remains of hundreds of discarded body parts were discovered. The center, which is now closed, is accused of illegal, illegally selling body parts against the donor's wishes. <laughs> it's, well, it's not like a pick and pull. No, you know what I mean? no it's like, not. It's... You need an extra hand. <laughs> Hey, uh, you got a you got a seventy six granny? Yeah, yeah, right, right back over here. Uh, she I'm was, sorry, she we... was Italian. Do you like the olive skin uh, or do you like the you know the lighter skin? I'm sorry, that part's on back order. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing uh, body parts up. 
Uh, but newly released Torah documents revealed the fact families of those whose bodies had been donated said they believed their relatives' remains would be used for medical and scientific research. Jim Stauffer is one of the uh, multiple plaintiffs suing the uh, center. He told the uh, Phoenix news station he believed his mother's body would be used to study Alzheimer's, a disease that she had, but he later found out it was used by the military to examine the effects of explosives. Yeah, because the military forgot that's the purpose of why they donated the body. Uh... Uh, sir, this was supposed to be in the other pile. Yeah. <laughs> but it was helpful to us nevertheless. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you go unscrew yourself, boy? <laughs> uh, we can't, sir. My parts are over there. <laughs> it's 757 with Bax and Nagel of the local animal shelters. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Listen. Far be it from me to create some sort of unsubstantiated rumor or to be the primary source of some whack job conspiracy theory. However, I think there's a possibility that Bill Belichick has been replaced with an exact replica of himself through either human cloning or he's been replaced by a curiously well-crafted stand-in, much like the Beatles did when Paul McCartney was killed in a car crash 55 years ago. Because the Bill Belichick that showed up to yesterday's press conference was clearly not the Bill Belichick that's been coaching the New England Patriots for the last 21 seasons. Get a big fat load of this. Yesterday during the press conference, in which typically Bill Belichick offers no real insight, information, or even a pulse, the man claiming to be William Stephen Belichick started the proceedings off with a public apology to, of all people, the media claiming, and I quote, Look, fellas, I apologize if I seemed a little short with you after the game. He then went on to explain his frustrations over the Patriots' loss to the Colts. But in his entire career, the real Bill Belichick has never apologized for being short with the media. He's always been short with the media. His press conferences have always been peppered with grunts and one-word answers. A Bill Belichick press conference is designed to be dismissive and unsatisfying. It's not supposed to show a level of remorse towards the media. He can occasionally show remorse for a badly played game against a conference rival, but to target the Boston sports media and offer an apology suggests he bears some slight strand of humanity within that hooded sweatshirt. It suggests that he has emotions. It suggests that he cares about hurting people's feelings. It suggests that somebody has replaced Bill Belichick with a duplicate copy, because this is clearly not the Bill Belichick that we've come to know. And I would like to know what they did with the original guy. Call me crazy, but I think we deserve answers. But hey, an MMI yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, in 1926, a guy from Northampton was in the White House as the president. And a guy in Springfield opened up a hardware store. Rockies, 95 years ago. Now they got 38 stores. Good people, rock solid service. We are in neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 809. And Brian Adams on Rock 102. Deja Vu 102. <laughs> yeah, I'm right about <laughs> that. Listen again. It's going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 43. Tomorrow, cloudy with some uh, flurries throughout the area. High of 42. It's 26 right now in downtown Springfield. Steve, get a load of this. In the last three days, yeah. there have been 13,717 new COVID cases here in Massachusetts. And nationally, 73% of all U.S. COVID cases 
our Omicron variant. Yeah. It's, a, it's a crazy uh, time. And on, to, on the phone, this to talk about that and what's going on uh, specifically here in Western Mass is uh, emergency room specialist Dr. Mark Kenton from uh, Mercy Medical Center. Good morning, doctor. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys had me laughing a little bit yesterday, though. You said I only come on bringing bad news. I feel like I'm the Grinch that stole Christmas this year. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Unfortunately, kind of... we got to talk about the bad news yeah. uh, to get to the good yep, news. Yep, sure do. And, and you know, Mark, you, you are kind of a bummer. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just in general. You must be a hit at dinner parties. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, guys, get a load of this. We're all going to have to stay inside now for the rest of the winter. <laughs> oh. but, let, but let's talk about what's going on here. You know, Obviously, yep. over the last, uh, certainly over like the last week, You've seen this explosive uh, development in in COVID cases, particularly Omicron uh, variant cases. Tell us what's going on at Mercy right now. Well, you know the the biggest thing is you know we're seeing the volume of COVID go up, um, but when we look at the hospitalizations, still, you know, majority of the people getting hospitalized or needing the ICU are unvaccinated people. That you know, vaccinated. Uh, people are still getting COVID, but they're just not getting as seriously ill. They're not getting intubated. They're not, you know, dying for the most part. We had, um, I think, twenty about twenty percent of the uh, current uh, volume in the hospital that has it is is unvaccinated. Um, and then the ones that are vaccinated generally have other comorbid conditions, like some sort of immunocompromised or something to that that effect. But but also with COVID, you have to realize this year because we've gone back to so many people not masking we we're seeing the flu this year we're seeing rsv and all these other viral uh, syndromes that we just didn't see last year so you know we're, we're our acuity is going up and that, and that's really concerning right now because we don't have the staffing resources that we had for the first wave and the second wave it's it's a very different picture from a, from a standpoint of our staffing resources uh, and that's everywhere in the country it's it's, it's a, a lack of um, a, a lack of nursing staff, a lack of techs, a lack of, which results in a lack of beds um, in the hospital as far as being able to admit patients into the hospital and get them into a bed upstairs. And, that, and that's happening everywhere. Um, I had a friend reach out from Vermont last week that couldn't get a patient in an ICU bed that was intubated with pneumonia and trying to transfer a patient from Vermont to Massachusetts, and, and we could not accept the patient. Mm-hmm. So it, that, that's a big part of what is concerning, and I, th- I think we're seeing that Thanksgiving wave coming now, and I'm concerned with two big major holidays coming up. We're going to see you know, a Christmas and a New Year's wave into January. Well, especially with, you know, now people are going to be traveling. You know, there's a lot of more Correct. places that are opened up, vacation destinations, things like that. That's probably going to cause a, a pretty big influx, uh, I would imagine, on, on your part, right, to, to, to have received that on your part. Well, yeah, I had a, another friend call me last night that their mother flew in from Italy and uh, is staying with their brother who has a son who has COVID. And he said, should I let them come over to my house for Christmas? I'm like, absolutely not. You know, it, it, that's 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 the, you know, prime way to infect your entire household. And, you know, whether you're vaccinated or not, you can still get this. So it's, um, you know, the travel is definitely concerning. So I think if, you know, mask up, if you're in the airport, wear your mask. And, um, you know, obviously on the plane, you have to wear the mask. But, but obviously, you know, if you're going to go to, if you're going to visit family, um, you know, make sure at least that you consider testing yourself before you go um, and, and make sure that you're, you're negative. Um, 
you know, and if you're not vaccinated, really think, do you, do you want to potentially expose another family member, you know, to getting something? Um, you know, and the same thing, if you're hosting a uh, family at your house, if, if you have a family member that's not vaccinated, it might be a difficult conversation, but it, it might be something where you say, look, I, I just don't think you should come. You know, I've been seeing a lot of, this is, uh, first of all, Dr. Mark Kenton on the phone. I've uh, been seeing a lot of doctors lately. And uh, when I've had the conversation with any medical professional and I I bring up COVID, two things happen. One, there's this glazed look on their eye. And then there's a very long sigh from their shoes all the way out to their chest. The the reality is when you talk about staffing issues at at, uh, at, uh, emergency rooms specifically, um, then you're talking about, you know, well, what happens if you have to go to emergency room for an accident or, you know, a, a, a heart attack or a stroke? And then, you know, you wonder, right. are people taking the risk of going into that environment and uh, and and still expecting to get care? What is the reality of of uh, of someone who needs to go into the emergency room for a different purpose? I think you're going to see a delay, and that's no matter where you go right now. Um, and it's simply because, you know, in phase one, phase two, you know, for the most part, everybody stayed home. And we kind of wonder, well, where did the heart attacks go? Where did the strokes go? I didn't see appendicitis for six months. What happened to all those patients? Um, but we have all these other uh, – the, the rest of that patient volume has come back now. You know, we used to average about 220 patients a day would come through our emergency department pre-COVID. Um, we're around 200 right now, so we're a little bit lower, but our acuity is much higher as far as sicker patients that are coming in. But peak flu season, we were 280, 290 patients a day at a different type of staffing in our hospital and in other local hospitals that would see that increase in volume. If if any hospital right now locally had that kind of an increase in volume, it would have a devastating effect, you know, on that that system. And you're correct, those patients that – that come in and need that, to have the stroke work up, or they're, they're going to be sitting in your emergency department much longer because you can't get them a bed upstairs because there's not a bed available. And when you back up the emergency department, the waiting room backs up, and potentially sicker patients are left out in the waiting room. So one of the things that, that my team's been trying to do recently is that that a provider will round through the waiting room. I often will round through the waiting room during the day just to do a, a, a double and a triple check on patients that are sitting in the waiting room just to make sure we're not missing something. Um, it's trying to think outside the box to make sure that we don't miss things. You know, obviously, you know, not everybody is an expert in epidemiology like you think we would be after all this time. But So here you have a variant that is uh, you know, highly contagious, and you know, we've had a couple of variants since this thing first you know, uh, arrived. You know, what are they thinking moving forward? You know, once you get past, you know, this particular wave and the virus, you know, transforms into something else or, or mutates into something else, are, are they looking at a, a mutation that would be, you know, potentially, you know, less infectious, less deadly, less dangerous? I mean, what what is the arc of this or do they not know? I, th- I think that's part of the unknown. I think if you look back on, on the Spanish flu, that's kind of what happened, and that's what you hope. But that's part of uh, trying to encourage people to get vaccinated so that you you have in some sort of immune response that you won't get sick and die from this and let, maybe less likely to spread it to someone else because we, keep, we continue to spread this 
this virus, that's where you're going to get those var- the the variants and the mutations on it that that are going to change it. And you know, you know, my fear with this is that it's going to continue, and every six months we're going to have to get a booster. And you know, what is that fully vaccinated person? Is it? It's it's no longer just two shots. It's two shots with a booster now. So it it's you know that's that is the concern. You hope with time that it will begin to mutate to to a form that is going to be you know, more, maybe could it be more like the common cold where people will get this, but you're not going to die from this. You know, going back to the uh, the staffing shortage real quick, is that more from uh, from a lack of people getting into the medical field or is it uh, jobs that haven't been f- filled by attrition or things like that? Is wh- what is the what is the 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 driving force behind the shortage? I guess I'm asking. Well, I think if you look from a nursing standpoint, you know, we were, I think we were short 5,000 nurses in the state pre-COVID. Um, you know, just not, not as many people going into nursing. And then when COVID came, you, you saw a number of, of nurses that would retire or, or just leave the profession. And now what we've seen is a lot of nurses that have gone into travel nursing because it's become very lucrative. So, you know, going to different parts of the country, um, California has been a big major hot spot for, for a lot of nurses. You know, you, you come you know, honestly, people are coming out of school with significant amounts of debt, and if they can go somewhere and you know make a lot of money in a in a in a short time period and pay off some of their you know school loan debt, you know it's a good option for them. So, it, it's there's multiple factors behind that um, from a standpoint of losing it. I think there's not as many people going into it, and and the, there's people that have retired, and the fact that you know the, the travel component of this has been a big factor but we're we're you know everybody's short i mean we're short paramedics you know so from the standpoint of transferring patients to other facilities sometimes it's hard to get an ambulance and if you look at a lot of smaller real small community hospitals on the outskirts it takes them hours at times to transfer patients um and sometimes at some facilities you have to fly patients out because you may not have an ambulance to transfer someone so um, you know, it, it's it's a shortage everywhere. It's a shortage of, in primary care offices. You can't find people that will work at the front desk and answer phones. So it's it's difficult to get appointments scheduled. So it's 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 really a, a crisis that's impacting you know um, everybody in, in a in a significant in a direct way. You're you're also talking about something that the medical community has been dealing with for two straight years, in, in, in at various right. levels and various peaks and valleys. But, you know, whenever you're dealing with, you know, this kind of situation where you're looking to triage people, you're looking to find, you know, you try to to solve, in some ways, really unsolvable issues. Uh, the level of burnout that's that's happening between nurses and doctors and staff and, and everything else in any hospital throughout America, that's rising, too. So you're getting, a, you know, a lot of people not becoming you know disenfranchised with the medical community but they just you know they just can't do it anymore it's just it's way too taxing to be dealing with this volume of people day after day several times during a year well it's it's mentally exhausting it's physically exhausting and you're dealing with a population that that's sick and you know that that can be you know challenging from not only from a standpoint of you know that that physical component of them, but also you have families that are upset that might not be able to see their loved ones. Um, you know, still as far as you know, some restrictions to visiting policies as as well. But you know, from a standpoint of staff, you know, when you when you go in to see any patient that you suspect has COVID, you have to, you know, 
you know, put PPE on, you know, make sure that you're protected, make sure that you take the PPE off properly. And every time you you enter that room and someone enters that room, you know, it, it adds an element of time factor, but it, there's a pure exhaustion component. So, you, you know, you have staff that are walking away at the end of shifts saying, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I, mentally, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And then you have ICUs that are continuing, nurses mm. and providers that continue to see death nonstop from this. I mean, you think about if you had 30% of your hospital patients admitted with appendicitis, that would you would you think that a bell will go off like why are so many people getting appendicitis? But when you have thirty percent of your people admitted with COVID, one diagnosis, you know, occupying such a high percentage of your volume, you know, it has a, it has a significant impact on your staff. And you know, you have to commend the people that are doing this over and over and over. You know, our nursing staff that are doing this, our respiratory therapists, our techs, our PAs, and the and the providers that are doing this. You know, it's it's been relentless for them, but. You know, I'm, I'm really thankful for the people that are that are out there. You know, and, and my team and, and people here. But honestly, you know, everyone that's doing this right now, I have to be thankful for. Well, I'm definitely saving this recording to play back to my family members when I can say a doctor prescribed me to stay away from you this holiday season. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, every, everyone's treating like being away from family yeah. is such a bad thing. Oh, no, I have to not be with you. Sorry. So sorry. If, hey, if Uncle Frank is getting his information off Wikipedia, yeah. you got to think about it. There so. you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Mark Kenton from Mercy Medical Center, we appreciate uh, the time. Uh, you know, Hang in there. We appreciate uh, what you guys are doing. Yeah. Thank you, guys, and happy Thank holidays. You. you too. It's 823 with Bax and Nagel. It's 826 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. You know how I know uh, cannabis is going to become federally legal? How do you know? When Pfizer invests $6.7 billion into the industry. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Pfizer is to enter the medical cannabis industry, betting on a promising cannabinoid-based bowel disease treatment. Last week, American Multinational Pharmaceutical and Biotechnology Corporation Pfizer signed an agreement with the clinical stage company Arena Pharmaceuticals for a total equity value of around $6.7 billion. Under the agreement terms, Pfizer acquires all shares for $100 per share in an all-cash transaction. Moreover, the press release reads that the proposed transaction will be subject to customary closing conditions, including receipt of regulatory approvals, yada, 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 stockholders. So this is for a, a bowel condition? Yeah. Uh, let's see, because it was just, uh, under the, uh, Arena Pharmaceuticals is a biotech company with one pipeline dedicated to cannabinoid-type therapeutics. The core of its cannabis operation consists of Orinal Lab, uh, an investigation oral full agonist of cannabinoid-type 2 receptor, which aims to treat patients with diseases affecting the stomach and the intestine. So, um... So IBS, Right. Uh, so how uh, do you, how do you take this? Do you need a, uh, bummy gummy? No, you don't need a bummy gummy. I know what you're getting at. What? That uh, you'd have to put a suppository up into the bowels in order to get the uh, the rise of the cannabinoid. Well, I stuff. mean, I would assume that's to be a, a good place to put it, right? Yeah. Arena's team is developing this cannabinoid-based drug with an initial focus on visceral pain associated with gastrointestinal disorders. This could be uh, life-changing stuff for a lot of people. You're damn right. You know, Crohn's, colitis. Uh, you know, we remember we did the we did, we've done a couple of fundraisers for those uh, Crohn's and colitis. Uh, yeah, that's not that's not that's a good thing to have. Awful, awful thing to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Uh, irritable bowel is no uh, is no great shakes either. None of you, that. You stuff. got any of that? That's no fun.
It's, there's there's nothing fun about it. Nothing fun about it. But I don't know how else you put uh, you, uh, you you apply marijuana in that uh, situation without it having to go well downtown. I'm not a financial advisor, but you might want to invest in Pfizer. Uh, what are they going uh, for per share right now? My oh, guess like is it's way too much. It's like six hundred dollars. <laughs> okay, so I, can, I don't know. Can they, what do it they, is. they they buy fractions of shares? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. Can, sure. I, can I buy one like a like a fourth of a share? Yeah, you could. You could. Yeah, hey, yeah, any part of a share is a share, Bax. I know, but a I think share of a don't, share. Don't they just sell like a fully rounded share? Like I have to buy like one share. Oh, it's like, uh, what, was it the Grinch that they, he cut the pea in half and it split open? What was it, or what am I thinking? I'm thinking of a Bugs Bunny cartoon, maybe. Uh, yeah, no, you're thinking of him uh, carving the roast beast. Yeah, yeah, okay, but there was another, like, a Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's, like, cutting a pea in half. Right. Oh, I just... think he cut a pea for Cindy Lou Who, who, yeah. as you know, is no more than two. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what happened. How about that? It's uh, 829. News is next to Rock 102. 832. We're back on O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Noonan Energy, serving Western Massachusetts for over 125 years at NoonanEnergy.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Just had a, had a note from a, a listener. Yeah. Says, uh, if I was a betting man, I'd venture to guess and say Scott Zolak asked you guys on Thursday if you're playing Chris music, uh, music on the station yet and then proceed to talk about Paul McCartney's song, Just a Hunch. <laughs> Because he's done that twice in a row. Yes. And yeah. then uh, now with the uh, the music being exactly the same as it was yesterday. Yes, it's a, it's a deja vu day. A de- deja vu 102. That's it. Don't you like that? I do. All right. A uh, man was seriously injured in a Monday afternoon shooting in the south end section of the city. I shot a man. What's your man got to do with me? I said I shot a man. I ain't trying to hear that, see? The shooting took place at about 12.45 p.m. near the uh, near uh, near around 100 Mill Street. Near or around? I am near or I am around? Or I'm very far, far away. away. We're alerted by the shot spotter gunfire detection system. Uh, responding officers located the victim. He was taken to Bay State by ambulance for treatment of his injuries. The detective bureau is investigating. The street was blocked off to traffic during the investigation. Anyone with any information about the shooting is asked to call the uh, Springfield police or text the tip anonymously. So you don't have to say what you, who you're blowing in. Mm. Uh, is, it, uh, is it written as shooting or like a shoot 'em up No, I just say that. Oh, uh, I see. It sounds f- more fun when you say it's shooting. Yeah, you oh, know, it really shooting words. It there, does that. Yeah, it does add kind of like a no. I don't know, maybe say like a like a friendly part to you know, a, fr- a friendly component. Uh Springfield police arrested two people on Sunday after a traffic stop led to the discovery of an illegal firearm. According to Ryan Walsh, said my best friend's sister's boyfriend's girlfriend heard from this guy who's dating this girl that Sunday around 8:40 p.m. police were conducting speed enforcement on State Street when they noticed the car traveling at more than twice the posted speed limit on the 1200 block of State Street and they attempted to pull the vehicle over but the driver later identified as 22-year-old Bobby Guzman did not immediately pull over. I guess it's pretty serious. Sure, sounds that way. Yeah, officers uh, report that they saw both the driver and the passenger attempting to reach for something in the back seat before pulling over. As officers approached the car, Guzman uh, continued to reach under his seat. Uh, due to this, he and his passenger, identified as 26-year-old Cassandra Rosario, were detained pending an investigation. Inside the car, officers observed an open bag with more than 30 packaged bags of marijuana, packaging material, and a scale. 
In the area where Guzman was reaching, officers found a loaded firearm. The firearm was previously reported stolen in Massachusetts. Both Guzman and Rosario were placed under arrest. I don't know the laws as well as I should. What is the actual minimum or what is the actual maximum of uh, bags of marijuana that you can I don't have think, at one time? I don't think you're really you're only allowed to have up to an ounce. Now, suppose you had 30 bags. Yeah. That all together added up to an ounce. Yeah, but I believe, and I'm not a cop, so I'm not going to pretend to know what I'm talking about, but I do believe that the uh, the way it's packaged versus, you know, if you just had like a like a like an ounce of weed. Right. Uh, that's an ounce of weed. But if you have an ounce of weed spread out over 10 bags mm-hmm. or uh, what is it? Uh, I don't know. Like, how, like however, one third, like one thirty of, of an ounce in each yeah, package. However you divvy that up, uh, that's going to, especially when you have a scale and all that stuff, that makes it look like you're selling it. Right. Now, what about, uh, what about this one? Yeah. Suppose each one of these bags was wrapped the way you would wrap a, a gift, like you did at the, uh, the holiday party on Friday. Oh, uh, that would just take up too much space in the car, though. You probably need a bigger vehicle. You would need a huge vehicle. You need one of them big Amazon vans to do that. Probably true. You can't. Uh, you can't just. You know. You can't just do that. You know. Hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot of packaging. It's a hell of a lot of packaging. What about the scale? What would the scale look like for that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. That'd be almost the size of like a Buick. Yeah. Once uh, you had your way with it. Uh, the, the point is to not drive around with the stuff in your car like that. And to, or, and to not speed, because they the were thing. speeding. Like, you know, the only reason these folks are getting caught is because they can't drive. No. I, I mean, listen, had uh, someone with a good deal of road experience and a valid license uh, been yeah. pulled over, it would have been for, you know, maybe a broken taillight, but it would not have been for a moving violation. You're going 75 miles an hour down State Street. You're you're looking for trouble. Well, how else are you supposed to get from the uh, the east side of the city to the west side of the city? You drive 95 miles an hour down State Street. <laughs> <laughs> or you could choose to go the posted speed limit. Uh, state police arrested a Springfield man after a traffic stop in Deerfield resulted in troopers finding a handgun in his vehicle. According to state police, around 9.25 p.m. on December 11th, even though it's uh, 10 days ago, a training trooper along with his field training officer. They make him sound like he's a little dog. Yeah. Come here, training trooper. Come come here, little buddy. (laughs) Okay. Sit, sit, sit. Give me your paw. Give me your paw. Lie down. Do you want some overtime you don't have to work for? Come here. Do you want some overtime you don't have to work for? (laughs) Shakes a box of donuts. Would would yeah. you like a donut? Would you like a donut in a timesheet? Oh, <laughs> what a good to fill boy. out the timesheet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not driving home anywhere. Today. No, I wouldn't <clears> do. <throat> yeah, bark for some overtime. Yeah, roof, roof. Good boy. Come here, training trooper. <laughs> You're such a good training boy. Let me rub your belly. Oh, he's got fleas. Uh, Garcia was unable to give the troopers a driver's license and then handed them unrelated paperwork instead of the vehicle registration. Well, here's my uh, here's my moose membership. <laughs> let's see what, what we got. Uh, well, let's say there's a, there's a credit card application I got here that says that uh, the, I, get, I could buy out my other other cards for a, a great uh, a great uh, rate. Uh, let's say uh, you guys. You, oh, you got I got the Costco executive membership. You guys need some stuff on discount. <laughs> 
It'll help me out at the end of the year. I uh, still say presenting your Valpac coupons can be very beneficial. Uh, here's my AAA membership. Oh, I see what you did there. I'm going to need that, aren't I? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wait, here's my health insurance card. I got what about a, a license and a registration? No, I don't have it. No, but I do have this Christmas card letter from my sister. Then maybe that'll be helpful to you. You know, my uh, my sister does that every year, the Christmas card. With the letter? With the letter. And she totally berates her entire family while she's doing it, but it's hilarious. Well, see, I can respect that. Yeah. I I had a friend that used to do the letter every year, and it was the most boring thing I've ever read in my life. Yeah, she talks about uh, like her son uh, dwelling in the basement now for five years strong. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> five years strong, still living in the basement. I respect that. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I if I if I get a letter that told me how many times uh, you know Johnny caught a fish in a lake, yeah. that's not good for me. Oh, it was something to the effect of apparently rock bottom has a basement. That's what it was. <laughs> and it's in our house. I got I gotta share one of these with you because they're 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 very, very Yeah, funny. bring it in tomorrow. Yeah. I, uh, she likes to make fun of the rest of her family. Oh, that's good. Well, because they uh, you know, well, you know, Festivus is coming up. The area grievances is just one. Uh, That's what I'm saying. One pen stroke away. But here, uh, you get pulled over. Uh, don't give them the proper paperwork. Don't give them other documents. Okay. You know, I could do that. Yeah, I just uh, filled out my fast pass paperwork. Does this work? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going to need to produce a license and a registration. See, well, I, don't, I don't have that here, but I have all my files with me. See, I'm, I'm still focused on that dentist that was picked up last week doing coke off the rails or coke <laughs> off the dashboard. See, that's, that's, the kind, that's the kind of thing you expect from a guy like that. You right. use your license and registration, and you hand over your medical license. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know why I'm so hung up on that. I, I don't know. I don't know. This is my license to practice medicine, and here's my diploma. I just find it. I just find the way that that man was arrested was just like, that's some balls-out, like, partying-ass behavior. You're damn right it You're is. doing rails of coke off the dashboard of your BMW. How much more badass can you get? <laughs> you got the only way you can be more badass is if you did a second rail of uh, a coke off the dashboard. And of all those charges you got, they still charged you with driving while distracted with your phone in your hand. <laughs> Like it's, I just find that hilarious. Well, there's no, I don't believe there's a nose-free law here in Massachusetts. No, but they like they load people up on charges, like, like, like doing the coke rails off the dashboard <laughs> weren't isn't enough to get you convicted. Let's add on the fact that he had the cell phone in his hand while he was at a traffic light. <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's uh, yeah. kind of mm -hmm. cool. Uh, there was a uh, woman in, uh, where was she? Uh, she was in Alabama. A woman was injured when she, uh, police say she dropped her gun and accidentally shot herself inside of a TJ Maxx. The shooting happened just after 2 p.m. at the TJ Maxx on Tiger Town Parkway. Officers and medics arrived to find a 55-year-old woman suffering from a gunshot wound to the foot. Investigators learned the woman accidentally dropped her gun, which caused it to discharge and strike her. She was taken to the hospital for treatment. Uh, no other injuries were reported. In a TJ Maxx? You're doing a gun in a TJ Maxx. Well, you never know when uh, somebody's going to try to screw you on those uh, those prices that they have there. Well, yeah, you're I mean, not getting screwed. I mean, it's you know good quality brand merchandise at, yes, a, but, at a fraction of the price. But what if something is uh, overpriced and has a bad tag on it? Then what you going to do? Well, I'm not going to pull out my gun. Oh, I'm going to wind up walking away. 
When the uh, Llano County, Texas Library shuts down uh, for three days this week, uh, starting today, it won't be for the holidays. Instead, a group of six librarians in this small central Texas county will be conducting a thorough review of every children's book in the library at the behest of the Llano County Commissioner's Court. Their mission will be to make sure that all of the reading material for younger readers includes subjects that are age-appropriate. A new Young Adults Plus section will be added to separate books written for an older teen audience from those geared towards younger readers. So they're going to go through every children's book in the library? stupid. How many books are in any given library. Any library. I mean, yeah, I've been in the... All of them and decide which ones have appropriate content and which ones don't. I mean, the last children's library I've been in, you see the one here in East Lomito on the on the, on the the first floor. Yeah. I mean, you know, there have been... There's a lot of books there. A lot of them. Yeah. I wouldn't have to... I mean, I, I mean, they're all great stories, but I'm not going to go and read every single one of them. The three-day closure of the library, which is about 80 miles northwest of Austin, also means a temporary shutdown of its virtual portal through the online book provider. Uh, the Alano County uh, co- community's push to scrutinize the local library's book stacks comes two months after a Texas lawmaker first questioned the inclusion of more than 850 books about race, equality, and sexuality in public school libraries. We don't want this smut in our town. This is like Footloose. Yeah, these books should be going upstairs where the dirty stuff is. Now the preacher's going to ban dancing. You want to ban dancing? I want to. You know, actually, I wouldn't mind ban dancing. Wasn't that, uh, that, that, that was in Texas, too, wasn't it? The setting of Footloose? Uh, I don't recall. You might be right. Because it seemed like a very Midwestern or Southern uh, type of thing going on there. I saw that movie when it came out. I'd never seen it a second time, so I don't really remember the... Uh, the location involved. Well, uh, there was uh, there was Kevin Bacon. Yeah, uh, right. There was uh, John Lithgow. Uh huh. There was Sea Biscuit. Sea Biscuit. No, Steve, that was Sarah Jessica Parker. No, I'm pretty sure it was Sea Biscuit. Bax. I believe that's a different horse film. Listen, uh, well, what was it? Uh, was it Hot to Trot? No, Sarah Jessica Parker wears nicer shoes than Sea Biscuit. I don't know about that. Oh, you better believe it. I've heard her clop before. I'm sure you have. very good. Your uh, Pioneer Valley uh, forecast today is going to be mostly sunny with a high of 43. Tomorrow, cloudy with some snow showers, high of 42. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. 